You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Step Over Podcast. I am Jim Adair. With me as always is Max Rappaport. Max, how you doing? Doing well, Jim. Uh, this is uh, a fun episode we're going to do. We're going to talk about uh, the team through the lens of what our preseason over-under predictions uh, were and how they're shaping up so far. Uh, I think, as always, I am in the lead of Max. I don't think I've ever lost one of these things to him. In fact, I know I have, but I'm going to pretend that I didn't. Um, but before we get into that, just a, two quick announcements I want to make. Uh, one is that uh, on the Step Over Store stuff, I just wanted to bring up that uh, if you want to receive your stuff by Christmas, I just thought about this, uh, you should order it by December 12th. Uh, in order to get it with standard shipping. Any of the other shipping methods are way expensive, and we do not recommend you doing that. Uh, So try to do it by the 12th if you're getting gifts for yourself or for others, and you want it by Christmas. Secondly, uh, Max here is going on his honeymoon coming up shortly for a full two weeks. Uh, So in that two-week span, uh, we are going to be uh, posting up some pre-recorded stuff we have planned, um, but won't be up to the minute Sixers news. So uh, just keep that in mind. We will have stuff to put up. And surely nothing big will happen while while I'm gone. Every possible big thing will happen while you're gone. And we know this. Um, So Max, uh, last time we spoke, we were talking a little bit about uh, the team being underperforming or whatever. Uh, Since then, they've gone eight and one. They've won nine of their last 10. Uh, in a way of talking about that, let's just kick it right off. Max, what's the first over-under on our list here? All right, so the first over-under on our list, we went player by player, so we'll start with Ben Simmons. Uh, this is a really depressing one. Uh, so I compiled before we jumped on, so I don't think Jim has gone through all these. Uh, so not. these are going to be fresh for Jim. But uh, the projection that that we had, and some of these were based off of ESPN Fantasy, uh, and then for players and like other random things that were less common, uh, we made them up ourselves or based them off of some something. Uh, yeah. But this is based on ESPN Fantasy. They projected seventeen flat, uh, seventeen on the dot points per game. That was the over under. We both went over on that. Um, yeah, we did. Is, like a bunch of idiots. Like a bunch of fucking idiots. He's averaging thirteen points a game on the nose. Pure-ass bozos over here is what we are. Clowns. Clowns. Big-time clowns. Uh, how do you feel about us being so incorrect so far? Uh, I mean, this one's really... This one hurts. This one, like, I, I don't really... I, individual stats aren't really important, but I feel like this one speaks to... I feel like this one individual stat, maybe more than any, uh, speaks to, like, the struggles the Sixers have had this year. Yeah. Um, that we really expected. I think we both went over thinking, like, he might be close to 20 a game, and, like... Not because he's going to be banging down threes or whatever, but he'll just drive more and he'll feel more comfortable getting to the line and hitting free throws. And, like, none of that has happened. And he's looked fine. Like, his defense has been great. He's 
what third in the league in assists per game. Like yeah. he's had some really good games, especially during this stretch. But it's just been disappointing. Like he's he's if anything almost regressed as a player um, in, in some ways, and at very best he's been exactly the same player basically for three years. Which offensively which just sucks. Yeah, I always make this point, Max. Offensively, sure, maybe. His defense is great. Yeah, I don't want to downplay that, but we were hoping the biggest improvement you would see was on the offensive end, and it's yes. If anything, it's worse. Uh, shot attempts generally down. Free throw rate for sure down. Um, I wonder, Max, and this is just me. I should have asked you this before, so we can prepare an answer for this. I wonder how that points per game number is affected by the fact that he played ten minutes in one of those games and didn't score any points in it. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. We're going to get into this with Embiid because he had a couple games like that. Um, well, but, one specifically. Yeah, one specifically. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's early. He's played 19 games. Um, yeah. That has some effect, but not a lot. That would bring him down at most like one point per game if he was averaging 20 a game. So yeah. he's averaging 13. So even if you get rid of that one, it's what, 13.3 or something? Yeah, he's averaging about two fewer attempts a game, which is, I think, I mean, that'll, that will make up a good amount of your point difference there. And he's also averaging about two fewer free throw attempts. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking at roughly the same percentage if he's doing the same amount of attempts, which is exactly your point. And it's just, I, I, I don't, don't even really care that much about, we'll get to the three-point over-under, which is a joke, but, like, it's not even that or or even like the jump shooting it's just he doesn't he doesn't seem aggressive at all uh, it's like total boomer shit right now we're about to go on but like don't say we do what was that don't say we don't include me in your boomerism okay That's fine not, i'm gonna go you. on a boomer thing well i just feel like I, it's really frustrating to watch and it's like i'm back for thanksgiving and i'm watching a bunch of games with my dad and like every boomer ass take that he has about ben simmons i'm like i kind of agree like you're like okay boomer you're you're kind of right um and it's just it's it's a real bummer like i just i thought that this year would be different in the sense that he would feel more confident um just just like taking over games a little bit more and you see it sometimes like he'll have stretches where he's really aggressive and he's a talented offensive player not just in terms of passing and whatever but like he's a good scorer it's really frustrating to watch a guy like that Go into a game and take six shots, you know, and, sure. and not and get I agree to the free throw line. Like it's that, just that can't yeah. happen. To get into the line thing and the more shot attempts is necessary, but I don't necessarily see the thirteen points a game versus the, our prediction of above seventeen as like an awful, awful thing, uh, because every year that he's been in the league, essentially, he has had around him added more people who are going to take more shot attempts, and he has deferred. And I don't necessarily mean defer in a purely negative sense. It's just a fact that he has deferred the ball to Al Horford, to Josh Richardson, to Tobias Harris, who is taking a bunch of shot attempts, especially in the fourth quarters as of late. Uh, and that's clicking. That's that's changing the, the format of the team, right? He still pushes the ball. I wish he pushed the ball more. He still gets to the rim. I wish he got to the rim more. I need to get to the line more. I agree with you 100% there. But... I don't think it's necessarily timidity. I think it's more um, trying to defer to the other talent on the team. Now, there's a whole point of, do you think he should be doing that or not? I'm on the fence sometimes, yes, sometimes, no. But I don't think it's necessarily that he's not being, you know, not caring enough or not being smart enough or whatever. He's just trying to play 
more within the structure of the players around him, which that can be a point made towards Brett Brown's system, which is how the other players are playing as well. But I don't necessarily think it's that he's not caring or whatever. He's just trying to play more in the system, which can be bad because he's not really a play-within-the-system guy. I guess his assists are up, his assist percentage is up, but he needs to be forcing himself to the rack a lot more. I agree with you there. Well, it's, it's less even him in the half court. It's more like he he's playing in transition, like just looking for the pass every time, and which works a lot of the time because he's a great passer and great playmaker and ball handler. But like there are times where he has a clear lane to the basket and he's turning around in transition to like kick it to Tobias Harris trailing, who's not even open. Like it's he's just stopping the break a lot of the time. And it's he's playing like me when I miss three straight shots and pick up and then like don't want to miss another one like that like every time down the floor it feels like unless he's in that rhythm where he's like being more aggressive and then he will take it but like it seems like he is default looking to pass and only if he can't do that will he attack and Mm -hmm. he's a he's good enough at attacking the basket that that shouldn't be the case like I get deferring because you have all this talent but like there are times where he's he's passing up good shots and not jump jumpers i mean like good lanes to the basket in transition to kick it out and that's one thing if you're kicking it out to tobias harris and he's wide open in the corner or something but it's another thing if you're kicking it to jojo trailing the play who's gonna pump fake and then set up the like back down from from 18 feet out like it's that's not better than you just going to the rim no i'm fine with you there but i do want to point out too that to my point about the whole offensive structure being a little bit different too um 51 percent of his field goals this year is two point field goals and uh all of his one three-pointer that he made uh have been assisted um in his rookie year 34 percent of his field goals were assisted in the last year it was 43.5 so he's still initiating the offense a lot of times but like yeah like you said like a lot of times he'll come down on the transition and he kind of dribbles across the lane right now what that actually does to an opposing defense, I think, um, is similar to um, putting a guy in motion before you snap the ball, right? You get to see where everyone's, what everyone's moves are going to be reacting to everybody else. Now, does that work as good in basketball as in football? Not really. But he's doing a lot less of just me transition ball hoop, you know, or me... Uh, bring the ball down. He's not really posting up, obviously, and like doing turnaround jumpers a lot, and you don't really want him to do that. But um, the fact that he's taking assisted buckets a lot more than he has in years past um, just shows you, too, that I think when you bring the ball up with Tobias, which you see a lot, too, um, or Richardson, or even in B, bringing the ball up, and him working off ball, it's a cool thing to have like a secondary look at him and to have him play like your off ball, like, like super athletic four, but maybe that's not the best use of him. Maybe that's not what? the best style for him to play. Not like to be used that way, but like maybe he's not comfortable there and he can't play as well that way. Maybe he needs to learn that too. But I think that's where you see a lot of the lack of aggre- quote unquote lack of aggression too, is that when he doesn't have that ball in his hands with a head full of steam, sometimes there's not much he can do. Well, you know, I'll, I'll say that it's, it's yeah, for me, it's less the, the half-court stuff. Like, I think that that makes sense to me. You have a starting five. I'm, I'm calculating it now. Uh, you have a starting five that's averaging 22 assist, 22.1 assists between the five of them, right? Yeah. Like, the guy with the fewest assists is Embiid, who has 2.9. Uh, 
uh, which is hampered by some of those weird minutes games. Then 3.1 for Harris, 3.6 for Richardson, and Al Horford's at 4.1. Like, it makes sense that he's he doesn't need to to create as, mm-hmm. as much in the half court, but it's it's more this, like... Uh, it's more that he he has opportunity. He's like I, I feel like hindering uh, their ability to score on the break a lot of the time, and it's like a lot of just him like jumping up in the air and turning to to fire back a pass, and like he'll like euro step into like a into like a pivot, and then like sometimes it'll result in like Josh Richardson running by him, and he kicks it to him, you know, for an easy layup. But a lot of the time, it just stops mm-hmm. the break, and it's just. Yeah. He's a really good finisher too. It's like, and that's like one thing he's actually I feel like done pretty well this year is like finishing at the rim and like his touch around the basket's been really good. It's just, I don't know. It, I don't know how much more I can say about it. It's just, it's just like he could be doing more and like he is capable of more and he's holding himself back. Is what it feels like when I watch. I think that's fair, but I think also, and this is something that's going to come into play for a lot of our other over unders as well too that this is a team now whose focus is slightly less on offense than it has been mm-hmm. in years past. So, I mean, I'm going to pull this up now, and if I if my instinct is wrong, I'm going to look like a real foolish, foolish man. Uh, let me see here. Where's my per-game numbers at? This is also, great we, podcast Also, we better, not, we better not spend like 12 minutes on each over-under. <laughs> no, we're going to blow through right some now. of these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fucking hell. Ignore me. This is stupid. This was a stupid All right, idea. Do you, to, do you want me to move on with the rest of the Ben Simmons over-unders? Yeah. Okay, so 17, 17 points per game. We were both wrong on that because we both smashed the over. Uh, 8.8 assists per game. We both went under that. He's actually at 8.4, so we were both correct. Um, but I, he, can I say, we both? Yeah. I think we both expected it to be much more under than it currently is. Yeah, it's better than I thought it would be because yeah. I, I figured... Al Horford and Richardson and whatever would like eat up some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have him more off ball, which you have seen. Uh, rebounds per game. Uh, it was set at 8.9. You went under. I went over. Uh, I was wrong. You were right. It was 6.9. Sounds, so sounds far. about right. Sounds yep. About right. Uh, I believe, and also I believe my logic yeah. was just um, as it was with the shot attempts thing. Um, where there's just more more mitts to grab the balls, man. Yeah, I think my I think my thought was that he would take fewer attempts uh, potentially, um, and that he would be in a position to rebound more often. Like he just the ball wouldn't be in his hands as much offensively, mm-hmm. um, which has been true. But yeah, the rebounds have been down. I guess just because you have Richardson and Horford and Tobias Harris are all good. Re- Tobias Harris especially has been a really good rebounder this year. James Ennis has been fantastic, actually, and James well. Ennis is a fucking. Um, monster i think something that i said which i think you're seeing a lot of too which is where ben is not necessarily even crashing the boards for defensive rebounds instead kind of being in that like elevated dunker spot area for lack of a better term in order to someone else gets the rebound passes to him and is immediately in transition where yeah. if the shot goes up like all right he's like I'm, all right, I'm gonna be you know somewhere between the the baseline and the foul line so when someone else gets the rebound and hey, they'll give it to me and, and we'll go like it's it's planned that way which is something I think you're seeing a little bit too, which I was I was expecting to see. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, field goal percentage, it was set at 55.5. We both went under. We were both yeah. right because it's 53.1. That's high, uh, man, though. I mean, he's... he's no, it's he's, good. It's not, yeah, it's it's not still a bad good. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, free throw percentage, 60.8. 
it was 60 the year before. We both went over thinking there'd be an improvement there. He's at 58%. So, uh, however, basically uh, what he did last year. It should be said with he hasn't gotten to the line a ton. So he can, you know, put together a, a couple of run, a run where he shoots like 65 from the line and that percentage is going to skyrocket. <laughs> it's like batting average in, in the first month of baseball. It's like that, you know, have one good game and all of a sudden you're, you're hitting 600. Here's a fun one. Uh, 12 three-pointers made, uh, which worked out to about 0.1 per game, and we rounded up for the best case. Uh-huh. Uh, he's on pace for four because he's hit one and we're on three attempts, and we're yeah. about a quarter of the way through the year. Uh, uh-huh. We both went under on that. We're both right. I, I He's not going to get to 12. It's I don't think he's going to get to 12 either, but I think we'd be mistaken. I don't know if he's getting to four. I think we'll get to four. I think we'd be mistaken to think that uh, only one right now is a sign that he won't even approach 12. I don't think he's going to get to 12. I think under is, is going to be the call. However, uh, this takes me back to, I remember when we did this last year, um, we had the over-unders set at like 12 or something like that. And at like the all-star break, he had like three and we're like, he's never going to get it. And then he ran off like nine pretty quick ones. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's close. So yeah. I think, you know, it's it's a long season. You're going to, you can see more of that. But um, I thought he'd have, like I thought he'd have more than one right now, but I didn't think he'd have more than like three. So really, it's you thought a he'd have more difference. than three. I thought he had more more than three attempts. That that is kind of surprising through nineteen eh. games played. I think we yeah I don't know. Um, minutes played, uh, we set it at thirty four point seven. We both went under. We were both right. It's thirty four point one. Which think is the exactly we, what it was last year. As it's well. exactly what it was last year. I think we went under just because we figured they uh, with Neto and. Uh, Trey Burke and like just having some depth on the wing mm-hmm. and also I think we I think we figured at this point like Zaire Smith might get a couple minutes along yeah. with Eyeball like we just we just thought they they would try to reduce his minutes and save mm-hmm. him more for the playoffs but it's basically what it was like what right around there it's 34.1 instead of 34 34.7 however again still currently skewed for that one I mean not as much because it's getting further into the season but that one game where he played 10 minutes mm-hmm. um they set for triple doubles. They set it at eleven. Um, he had ten the year before. You went over. I went under. Uh, you were wrong, and I was right for once. He's on pace for four because he has exactly one so far. I still like I, I just said, man. He's going to end yep. up. He could easily. He's going to end there. up a lot closer to eleven than he will to four. I I totally agree with that. I yeah. I yeah. I think you're probably you have a fifty fifty shot of being right at this point. I would yeah. say I went under. I think it went under maybe because I was thinking assists would be down, but they're not. It it's more been the rebound, yep. so yeah. I don't know. I don't feel great about that one. Um, like double wait, how, doubles. How, yeah, how many? Um, sorry, how many triple doubles do you say he has? Ben he has one. Has? One this year. Yeah, and he has six games with double digit assists. So yeah, it is the rebounding really. The rebounds will get there. Um, yeah, only four with double digit rebounds. Uh they said it at 40 double doubles and also we didn't go through this many uh things for each player um but they said it at 40 uh, he's on pace for 36 because he has nine so far um we both went over and we're both wrong but i i mean he's basically right there entirely he's on pace confident for it, i think i think because, he's gonna get it like you said if we again if you go back to that game where he scored 10 or he had 10 minutes, and imagine he gets a double-double there, then he's on pace for 40. So, 
it's the difference of, of one that difference of four in the pace is difference of one so far so I think yeah. he'll still um, I think he'll clear that by a decent number by at least five yeah I feel I feel good about that too so so after one player we're both five and four uh, we had some differences but we both got five of the nine correct yeah uh, moving on to Joel Embiid uh, he's another one that we did a lot of categories for and then after that we really fell off uh, with fewer categories so the projection was 25.5 points per game. Uh, uh, you yeah. went over. I went under. Uh, I don't feel super right about this. I am. It's a 22.4 right now, but that doesn't feel very super accurate to how he's played. Um, I probably think it'll stay under just because minutes played and um, he's already played 17 games and it's a 22.4, so it's, he'd have to really overshoot that for the rest of the season. So I feel good about it, but I think it'll be closer to 25.5 than 22.4. By season's end, but yeah, I, think I mean, still be under. I think you're right, uh, and I'm honestly fine with that. If he, you know, if he plays like this, um, and then, you know, I'm not going to nitpick individual stats like that. I did think it'd be higher, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not super, I'm not super anxious about that performance there. Uh, rebounds per game, they set it at twelve and a half. He had thirteen and a half the year before. Uh, you went over, I went under. Uh, again, you were wrong, and I was right. It's at twelve point two right now. Yeah, I think it's again a lot of more, a lot more mitts going around because I think yeah. the team, I think the team rebounding um, is actually up. Um, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, That's, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, all right, let's see here again. I mean, I you have Richardson and Harris, or like I'm just looking at it right now. You have. Uh, Richardson at 7.2, Horford at 7.1, Simmons at 6.9, Ennis in 17 minutes is getting three and a half. Uh, Richardson's at 3.4. Basically, you like you're not really playing. Um, it's basically like Neto and Burke are the only low rebound guys that you, you ever yep. play. So yeah, even Corkmaz is like fine uh, for what he does. So yeah, the rebounds yeah, are actually slightly just, slightly down in comparison to last year. So really. Far. Yeah, as a team. Yeah. Huh. That's surprising. Mm. Um, you want to know it's so, super, super down, by the way? Yeah. Free throw attempts per game. Mm. Second in the league last year, 27 and a half per game. They're currently at 23. I wonder if that's... Uh, do you think Jimmy Butler effect? Bit of the Butler effect. Simmons isn't getting to the line as much, I think. Um, and Bede's played fewer games. And Bede's played fewer games. Uh Horford, I don't think. I don't look. I'm not going to pull up his numbers. This whole pack is not going to be looking up numbers as I'm talking about them. Um, yeah, he gets the line 1.8 times a game, which is very low for some. Very plays low. Yeah, yeah. He he, he just plays in a way that doesn't draw fouls very often. Um, Tobias is jump shooting a lot, so you're not going to get call, a lot of call on that one. Um, yeah, I, I think it's more just a. It's not like oh they're failing at this, and more just like they're playing differently this year. Um, so that's not super concerning for me right now, but yeah. you know, if 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 you know they're seventeenth in the league in free throw attempts per game, you'd love that to be higher because they're a an okay free throw shooting team. Again, that number could also be higher, but um, you know, the word freeze in that for a point, man. Get to the line more. All right, the next few of these I'm going to kind of hammer through because I don't think they're especially interesting. But stop me if you have any takes. Oh, uh, well. 3.4 assists per game for Embiid. Uh, he's at 2.9. You went under, I went over, so you were right and I was wrong on that one. 
uh, blocks per game. Uh, they set it at 1.8. We both went under. We were both right because he's at 1.4. Mm-hmm. Uh, turnovers per game 3.5 we both went under uh he's at 2.9 so we're both right on that one honestly he's very surprised that he's that far under the 3.5 yeah it's pretty pretty far under which is really nice like that's fantastic super, one Love of the it. more important important uh, uh improvements to his game that we were hoping to see um, interestingly um i think it's interesting a little bit that uh the turnovers are down but the assists aren't up which I think is again, it's just it's just a play style thing, um, where you think most of Embiid's turnovers come from like not really paying attention to where you're throwing the ball. It seems a lot of the time when you get double teamed and whatever. I don't know if most is the correct word, but um, you'd figure if that's down, then maybe the assists are up. But I think it's a lot more um, of the ball not sticking in people's hands either. So you'll see a lot of. I'd love to, again, should have looked this up before, thinking about it now, I would love to see if Embiid's uh, pass to assists is actually up, his hockey yeah. assist numbers. Um, that feels like something that's probably up compared to last year, but I'm not going to look it up again. Well, and it's interesting, too, just looking at this. Like He had 3.7 assists per game last year, 3.5 turnovers, and now both those numbers are 2.9. So it's basically his assists and turnovers have dropped at basically the same same yep. rate from yep. about 3.5 to 2.9. Um Field goal percentage, they set it at 48.3. We both went over. We're both wrong because it's only uh, just, 45.4%. Wait. Quickly back to the the uh, turnover thing for Embiid. Yeah. Uh, his bad pass and lost ball turnovers have essentially been the same for his career. Uh, in 17-18, it was 74 bad pass to 85 lost ball. Last year, it was 79 to 78. And this year, it's 15 to 19. So pretty much uh, an equal ratio between those two types of turnover. Yeah. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so his, his field goal percentage is down. He went what? Like, was it 0 for 13 in that game or 0 for 11? Like, 0 that's for 11. Gonna, that's going to skew that's, it a bit. That's going to really skew it. He hasn't played a lot yeah. of games uh, yeah. to this that's point. Really, I, this is a real kick in the dick that game was. Yeah, I think, I I think love, we'll, get, we'll get the over on yeah. that. Uh, just quickly, after a game like that, I love when people um, who don't, like, talk basketball with me often, like, uh, I'm not going to name names in case you listen to this podcast, but people who are more just like friends of mine or whatever um, will text me like, what the fuck does Embiid think he's doing? Like, oh, that's so bad. And because of the way it's like worded and because we don't talk about basketball a lot, I feel like I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not like, I don't work for the team. What are you yelling at me for? Like, I'm not Joel Embiid. <laughs> like, I agree it's bad. But like, I feel like a lot of times when something like that happens, people don't really like my attitude towards it, which was like, ah, shit sucks. Shit happens. Whatever. Like, move on. If it happens again, like, yeah, bigger problem. But right now, fuck, what, it sucked. But yeah, whatever. And people get mad about that. I don't know. Just want to let you know. Like, my passivity towards it is, like, I think it's seen a lot of times as, like, defending the team too much. When really, I just, like, I'm just trying to be more chill, man. It's yeah, better for all of us. Philadelphia sports fan are, fans are not known for their zen. It's better for everybody and mostly me, myself, if I'm just more chill. So I'm trying to be more chill. That's so. Good. Uh, yeah, that's that's what that is. I'm not trying to quote unquote like be super protective and defensive of the team and like playing a homer, blah blah blah. But also like I'm a fan of the team. Like there are too many people I think that see um, fandom as like using you liking the team to achieve something. And I say this as a person who has a fucking podcast and a t-shirt line. But like yeah, um, it, it's okay to just be a fan. That's fine. People hey, don't you like, fucking don't you fucking hate people like that? 
I, it's like, I don't know, man. It's weird. I'm not going to get on the... This is not a time for a rant. We have like 48,000 other over-unders to get through. But there's something to be said about just being a fan in 2019 and not trying to use your fandom to achieve something for yourself. And I really appreciate that from people. I think it's cool. It's also cool to like, you know, drive and strive and all that kind of shit. That's great. Like, like yeah, do it, man. Go take, go, go, go take a skill you have and make somebody pay you for it. That fucking rules. However, it's also just totally cool to be a fan. That's all I'm Would saying. this be a good time to uh, break for our sponsors? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Uh, finishing out Joel Embiid's over-unders and then moving on. Uh, the mm. rest of the ones we have, we have three-point percentage was set at 32.5. Uh, he's at 31.3. You went under on that. I went over. You're right right now. I'm wrong. I feel pretty good about him getting back above that. Um, he was I actually like, shooting pretty yeah. well from three up until yeah. a few games ago uh it's been like on a fairly steady decline if you grab like games by like bunches of three or four um but when i said under i expected much lower than it is now so it could still get there but right now i'm stoked you know i'm honestly i'm fine with that number i mean uh, it's not amazing but i feel like his attempts are down a little bit which is nice uh and again that he was only 0 for 3 from 3 in that 0 for 11 game but that's an outlier there's a reason in the olympics right that they take out the best and the worst score. I think it's for cheating purposes, but either way, you get my point. <laughs> That's a, no, they do it just to be just to be kind. Yeah, it's just um, like, hey, man, come on, it's a courtesy. It yeah. All right, so let's let's bang through the rest of these because we're we're going uh, real long on these first two players. So they're the two most game, important players, man. Come yeah, on, two most important players. Here. So it's fine. Uh, minutes per game, 31.7. Uh, we both went under. It's at 30.1, so we're both right on that so far. I feel like that'll hold. Uh, I'm st- that's that's something I'm super psyched about. Yeah. Like, I'm like get that lower. Get that, like, down, man. I agree. I don't care. I don't care about your game numbers. I mean, they played so many close game games. Numbers. I think yeah. it would be down if they weren't fucking letting oh. teams back into games every time or having to come for sure. battle back and, and win in the fourth. Absolutely, for sure. That would be, you know, and that's, you know, you hope that that comes down more. But yeah, I mean, just looking at, let's see here. Actually, wow, his two, mo- yeah, his two most uh, played games minute-wise are both losses. One by eight, one by two. But yeah, you look at the games where... Oh, God, this is such a thing. Uh, I just sorted his games played by minutes played. And it's exactly the right thing. Like the bottom five, one by 22, one by 19, one by 14, one by 27, one by eight, one by 11. And those are all under 28 minutes played. Like that is the sweet spot. You want to... Yeah. You, you really want to be there. That's just I mean, it's a good. It's a good thing that, they're, that it's flexible enough now, though, that he can... Absolutely. Play back to backs. Play those those times when you when you need him to be there in the fourth. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of sixty nine games played so far, was the uh, or I'm sorry, played on the year was the over under. We both went under on that, and he's on pace for sixty six. Yep, I think I think you'll probably think see it's pretty close to that number. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, probably sit out a few. If he hadn't gotten the suspension and had a few, couple other times where he sat out, he probably would have played, mm-hmm. uh, would have sat out more of these backs, but I think and that contributed. Um, and, there, so I think, and I think depending on the team's record and, and the standings in the league in the last two weeks of the season, you could see him sitting a lot more, which is the ideal situation. Um, zero triple doubles, zero point five, I guess, was the over under. Uh, we both went over. He has zero so far, and the closest he got was a game where he had five assists. Uh, so not yeah. feeling great about that one actually. I feel like uh, they just aren't really asking him to play make as much. Um, they're not running the offense through him quite so prolifically where he's able to just get 10 assists on like JJ Redick handoffs or kickouts and stuff. So I think, um, I, I, th- I think that might hold where he stays at zero and we both went over. So we're both wrong on that. I think we'll probably stay true. wrong. The Redick effect is, uh, is huge there. Um, although last year when he had two triple doubles, um, he had 13, 13 assists and 10 assists. And then other than that, there were only three other games where he had more than six. Hmm. You know. Also, fun fact that I just found out by looking this up. Both of his triple gobble games last year were losses. That's surprising. I guess, were they Isn't overtime it? games? Um, No. Hmm. Okay. I don't think so. Um, moving on, 35 double doubles. Uh, he had 58 last year, so we both like really smashed the over on this. He's on pace for 42 because he has 13 so far. Um, I think he's going to get well above that. I think he'll, he'll be closer to that 58 number. Um, yeah. He, yeah, so he has 13 in the 17 games he's played so far. Yeah. I think it's just I think a function of games played that yep. he's on pace for 42. But it'll have, yeah, it'll have much more to do with games played, I think, than anything else because, I mean, I mean, you saw when he scored zero points. Again, not to keep going back to this game, but that was the first time in his pro career he'd ever scored less than 10 points. Um, I don't think there's a ton of games where he has fewer than 10 rebounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, there were one, two, three. There were six total. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's something that'll be pretty closely tied to the number of games he actually plays. So, at the break, or at the after these first two players... Uh, you got seven out of those eleven right, as did I. They were we had some some disparity, but we both got seven, so we're both at twelve and eight right now. Feel pretty good mm-hmm. about that. Uh, moving on to Tobias Harris, uh, starting with points per game, they set it at nineteen point three. He had twenty uh, the year before, eighteen point two with the Sixers in that uh, last quarter of the year. Uh, you went under, I went over. You're right right now, and I'm wrong because it's eighteen point four currently. Yes. Uh, it's about a still, point under what they projected. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought it'd be closer to the nineteen point three than it is, but I think um, he's kind of putting it. He ha- he had a rough stretch there. Um, obviously, he missed uh, four hundred and thirty-seven. I think straight three pointers. Um, he just had a real rough go of it for a minute there, which again, uh, you're going to have rough stretch throughout the season, so like doesn't necessarily, necessarily skew his numbers. Um, but, you know, look into the last you know, six games, he's over 20 a game. Um, if you look at the last eight games, I'm just doing this as we're doing it. Yeah, over 20. So um, if you're just like, I'm not super concerned about that. I think it'll be closer to the 19.3 than I thought, because I thought it'd be like a clear like 17 and a half probably, and I was comfortable with that, because I think I expected more from Richardson, and we've he's been out for a couple of games as well. Um 
but yeah, I, I think the eighteen point four he's at right now, somewhere somewhere between like seventeen and a half and twenty and a half, is like a nice sweet spot there with the usage and, and all that kind of stuff. So rebounds per game, uh, 7.1 was where they set it. He had 7.9 the year before, uh, exactly that. Also in his time with the Sixers, 7.9. We both went under, and we're both wrong because he's just above 7.1 at 7.2 currently. And he's actually, I I actually think he's going to stay above that though. I do too. His rebounding has been really good this year, and he's had some some huge. What do you have? Like 16 rebounds in that one game, or 14? 15. Um, 15. I was one off in each direction uh but yeah um i feel pretty good about him actually staying over that uh i I think i I was imagining that horford and Embiid, and then the whole like i we both expected simmons rebounds to be up uh kind of all those things combined would bring it down from last year even more Mm -hmm. than the 0.8 they lowered it by but i i I think it's actually played out differently um i think it'll stay there just yeah and i'm also playing I've been I've been uh, very happy with the way he's played lately. Um, the way of not letting getting bogged down by um, playing like shit for a little while there. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. So I think I you know it's good I, to see him you know play through that. Especially I th- I feel like I don't know this is just a mentality thing. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I feel like having a slump like that early in the season can really fuck you up for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a slump like that mid-season it's easier to shake off or the end of the season like all right well playoffs are around the corner let's shake that off so every like early on you don't want to set the tone for your year i think he's done a really good job of, of of digging himself out of that and getting back up to to kind of the production thing and and you know i think he's he's um playing his way into a bit of the you know dipping his toes into the jimmy butler pool from last year of like you know if you need a fourth quarter closer like i'll be that guy i'll, I'll take those shots mm-hmm. um I will, you know, I'm not going to be timid. I'm not going to be passive. Like, I will I will do that. I will be the guy with the ball in my hand, uh, which is great because they need someone to, to take those reins. So this final one uh, for him, three-point percentage, uh, they set it at 38.5%. We both went under, but I think we were thinking like, yeah, like 36%. It's at 29.5% right now, which really yeah. speaks to how dog shit uh, his shooting was, like the first – whatever 12 games of the year uh or that that stretch in the middle of the games they played so far it was really bad to the point where what did he go like over 19 18 i think 23 23. something like that uh that'll hurt your three-point percentage a little bit since the end since the end of that stretch he's been at 41 percent yeah so uh you know that especially that fucking over 11 game that was a rough one uh Uh, you know balancing out so you're at 14, 14 and 9. I'm at 13 and 10. One behind you. Moving pull on to away. Al Horford. You're about to pull away a little bit more here. Hell uh, yeah, Al. My guy, Al. Al Horford. Uh, Never not liked we're bo- him. We're both pretty right on Al Horford. Uh, 13.1 points per game. Uh, I went under on that. You went over. He's at 14 and a half, which I think is probably more over than you even thought he would be. Yeah, I mean, he had some... Yeah, it is. He had some really great games when Embiid wasn't able to play. So yeah. that, I think did some stuff there and he had a great game the other night where he just like could not miss um which is great yeah love al big al guy now um i think that number will probably come down a little bit closer to 13.1 yeah. but you know i'm i'm happy i think it's good i think um it's a good uh, a good call probably be closer to the last year last year was 13.6 obviously different situation for him and for the sixers but i think it'd be a lot closer to that than it will be to 
either the 13.1 or the 14.5. Probably like right on that line, I'm thinking. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so rebounds per game, they set it at 6.6. He's at 7.1. We both went over. We're both correct on that. Um, I don't Mitz. know how much more there is to say on that. Mitts uh, to balls, man. <laughs> assists per game, 3.3. Which, whereas he was at 4.2 last year with the Celtics. They set it at 3.3 with the Sixers. Uh, we both smashed the over on that. We're both right. He's at 4.1. Mr. Reliable. Mr. Consistency. He is very reliable. He's yeah. Him and uh, Josh Richardson have been super reliable this year. And James Ennis. James Ennis has been shockingly reliable as well. I want to talk about... I don't. Do we have any Ennis over-unders in this we, thing? We don't. We set Mike okay. Scott over-unders because we yeah. thought he would be that guy. And actually, Mike Scott's like... When we get to Mike Scott... Somehow. When we get to Mike Scott, I want to have a small conversation about James Ennis. Okay, fine. Uh, final one for Al Horford. Uh Three-point percentage, 38.1 uh, was where they said it. We both went under. We're both right on that. He's at 37.3, but he, he I think, was hovering up near 40% at one point. Yep. Uh, he's He was at 36 last year, so he's up over year over year. I think he'll probably end up right around that over-under, that 38%. Yeah, closer, closer than I thought, but I'm, I'm, I'm still consistently happy with the under there. So you're up two now. It's 18-9 and nine for you, 16-11 and 11 for us. Both pretty good showings so far. Uh, next up on the list is Josh Richardson. Uh, points per game, they set it at 15 and a half. He's at 16.1. You went yeah. under, I went over. Yeah. So you're wrong and I'm right on that one. Yeah. Smaller, a slightly smaller sample size. Uh, the classic four S's um, due to him being currently injured with a, he's got a hammy, a little bit of a hammy going on. Um, and I think a little bit skewed because of that absolute stunner of a game against Miami he put in. But yeah. I can't say... I mean, I'm stoked about what he's been bringing to the team so far. Um, I think that number will probably come back down a little bit. I think it will go end up being under. I'll stick to that under. But I've been absolutely thrilled with what I've seen from Josh Richardson. So. I've, I've really loved him. He's really yeah. fit in super well. Uh, assists per game, he was at 4.1 last year. They set it at 2.8 this year. We both went over and thought, felt pretty good about that. He's at 3.6, so we're both both correct on that. I think uh, it's another instance of me being the over, yeah, good with that, but still higher than I thought it would be and probably think it will end up at the end of the year. Same. Uh, Three-point percentage, uh, 35.5 is where they set it. He was right around that the year before with the Heat. Uh, we both went over. He's at 38.6, which is more than you could possibly ask for. Started cold, too, so he, he dragged himself out of it as well. Yeah. Um, moving on to Mike Scott, slash, you're going to talk about James Ennis once we're through these, but let's yeah. get through Mike Scott first. Uh, points through. per game, this is a lot of, a lot of. Uh, well, no, actually, he hit the over somehow on a couple of these, but it doesn't feel like it. So no. uh, 6.7 points per game is where they said it. We both went over on that. Uh, yep. He's at 5.6. We were, yep. we were both wrong on that. Uh, 31.8 three-point percentage uh we both went over we're actually right on that i can't believe it he's at 32.8 yeah. it feels like he's at 25 percent he went uh, like five for six in like the second or third game of the year and since then he's actually sub 30 percent yeah that's a small sample size theater i guess but yeah. um 17.7 minutes per game uh, we both went over, and I think we both felt like it was going to be way over that because he played 24 per game with the Sixers once the trade happened the year before. Uh, he's at 19, so he's just above the over-under, and I, I thought that would be like mid to low 20s, and it's been, yeah. I mean, he, he's 
basically hasn't earned the minutes and Ennis and Thibel have. Yeah. Um, so after Mike Scott, you're at 22 and 11. I'm at 21 and 12. So I'm, I'm down one. Uh, give me your James Ennis thoughts. We don't have any over-unders for him, though. No. Um, how often do you think about James Ennis? Uh, like never. Yeah, Just exactly. about. Like when, when I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's James Ennis. It's exactly my point, which is why you I'm so happy with what James Ennis has been doing and a lot of things. But I wanted to make a point here that we acquired James Ennis essentially for nothing, for a second-round pick swap. Came in. I don't think when he was playing last year, anyone thought he would stick around this year. Um, I think I have said many times on this podcast and in real life, uh, I think if you're trying to be a contending team and your sixth best player is James Ennis, that's going to be a problem. You need an upgrade there. But holy shit, man. James Ennis is fantastic. He's doing pretty much everything you ask of him and then some. Um, his finishing at the rim, I think, has improved. Uh, his his decision-making, his his ball handling, his, his defense, I'm psyched with everything. And I'm worried that the second I start paying more attention to them, to him, uh, it's going to fall apart. So I'm going to keep him in the periphery, you know? He's the guy who, in my mind, is never like, oh, he's a long-term sixer. Like, keep him, like, no. He's in the periphery of my mind. He's Sergio, he's Sergio Rodriguez. That's who he is to me right now. Keep him over there. Don't pay much attention to him. And I'm sure he'll keep doing great. As soon as I laser focus on him, as soon as I feed him after midnight, just going to go haywire. So... So we'll let, you know, put that out there. Love James Ennis. Not going to think about him very much. I think it's safer that way. I agree. Uh, moving on to Matisse Thibel. These are interesting. These are ones that I set myself because uh, there was nothing there because he didn't play last year. So yes. uh, I set it at six points per game. We both went over on that. Uh, we're mm-hmm. both wrong because he's only at 4.2, right. which feels, lo- feels really low given yes, how many minutes I, he's played. But, but here's the thing. We both... Or I went under, you went over for the minutes per game. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, if he was closer to that minutes per game number, these would all be over. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yes. we ex- the over-under we set for minutes per game was 20 because Landry Shamit played 20 and a half last year, and we thought his role might be similar to that. Although it yeah. might be. He's at 15.6 this year. I'm jumping ahead. But he's at 15.6 this year, minutes per game. And it's, I think, going to trend up at the, the same way that Shamit did, like by the by the time the trade happened with Shamit, he was playing a lot more and was consistently playing every game, yeah. uh, which I think is where Thibault is going to get. So moving on to steals per game, uh, we set it at 1.2. He's at 1.5. We both went over, so we're both right on that. That is incredible that he's playing 15 minutes per game and getting a steal and a half per game. Mm-hmm. I tweeted like today. Stu- I looked, I looked into it. Uh, his per 36 numbers, which I think um, sounds like I'm cheating and inflating his numbers, but it does. It's you know, it's a more re- reliable way to track somebody's actual impact on the court if they're only playing 15 minutes a game. Uh, he's averaging 3.3 steals and one and a half blocks per 36. We'll see as the season goes on if that goes up or stays flat or goes down. But if he were to finish the season with those numbers, 3.3 steals and one and a half blocks per 36, while playing 15 minutes a game. He'd be one of only three players to ever do that. Uh, and that with that line being set at three steals and one block, one is 2011 Tony Allen, who was fourth place as a player of the year. And one is 2018 Kawhi Leonard, who played nine games. Wow. And that's it. Any player in like league history who has averaged three steals and a block per 36 minutes outside of Tony Allen has like maxed out at like 400 minutes on the season. So... You know, he's he's already in, like, rarefied defensive air. And if you put 
you know, rookies on that number. Like, they're just completely unheard of. The impact uh, he's having defensively is huge. Part of the reason he's playing fewer minutes is perhaps that, you know, offensively he had his struggles. He is fouling a decent amount. Um, still learning the game a little bit at this level, but I think the sky's the fucking limit for that guy. Totally. Speaking of blocks per game, uh, we set the over-under at one. You went over that. I went under that. So he's at, well, he's at 0.7 right now, so you were wrong. I was right on that. Uh, he might get back there, though. I think there's a point in the year where he was over over one on blocks per game, even with limited minutes. And if but his again, minutes go up, I can definitely see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll go up. Uh, Three-point shooting, very happy to be wrong on this one. I set the over-under at 33.5%. You went over, mm-hmm. I went under. He's at 43.2%. Yeah, limited limited attempts, um, but still. to be fair. But since, they, since he sat and didn't play at all in the game against Denver uh, on November 8th, um, in the 13 games since then, um, only 1.2 attempts per game, 68.8%. Hmm. That's great. Then <laughs> pretty good. If he's, if, he's, if he's only going to attempt one and a half a game, it's going to take a while for those numbers to even, even out, too. So uh, could not be happier with that. Uh, he went three for three twice in that span. Um, yeah, just can't get better. Super excited about that. Um. So just going through the rest of these minutes per game, like we said, we set it at 20. He's at 15.6. You went under, I went over, so you were right and I was wrong. Uh, 15 games started. Uh, we set that. Um, it was weird because Landry Shaman only started four last year. It felt like more, but uh, we set it at 15. He's on pace for 12 because he has three starts so far. I think he's going to go over 15. I think so, I think too. He's, he's become the guy. I mean, Korkma has started some games, but I think, I think you're getting to the point where Thibault's got to be the guy you start in those situations yeah. whenever someone in the starting five is out. I wouldn't be surprised if, and if you're listening to this, I don't know we're going to put it up on Thursday. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts Thursday, uh, considering that uh, he would likely face off against Bradley Beal in that situation, um, whereas Korkmaz, they could just exploit the hell out of him with Bradley Beal, um, who's really their only main offensive threat. So I wouldn't be surprised if you try the lineup, because uh, Richardson's also out. Uh, if you tried the lineup, uh, Thibault's minutes to Beals as much as you possibly could to try to stop him. I think it'd be a good call. All right. So moving on from Matisse, uh, all right, I will give an update. So you're at 25 and 14. I'm at 23 and 16. Pulling away again. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on to the team and like this or that ones. We had a few where it was like, is it going to be more Neto minutes or more Burke minutes? So yeah. we'll do, there's one, basically team record and then those. Uh, and then we have some really weird ones. We can decide if we want to, I feel like they're too weird to calculate them right now because it's based on like stuff that might happen at the deadline or like how many players are going to see the floor this year. So I think we should like skip those, but just do the A and B and the, the record. Um, so for all the hemming and hawing about the Sixers this year, uh, they were at 52 and 30 last year. Or I'm sorry. Uh, they, uh, sorry, not last year. 538 set them to, projected them to have a 52 and 30 record, be second in the East after Milwaukee, fourth in the NBA behind the Rockets, Nuggets, and tied with the Clippers. Uh, the Sixers are on pace for 59 and 23. Mm-hmm. And we both went over. We're both right on that. But like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it, right? It doesn't feel like yes, they're a game does. shy of, of 60. But it does. But it doesn't. Based on like the 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 discourse around the team, don't. What are you doing? Listen to the discourse, Max. 
I try this not why to listen you, you to the ignore discourse. The discourse. It's not that hard to ignore the discourse, Max. People got. See, here's the thing: everyone's louder when they're mad, right? Everyone was mad and worried for a while, and they were very loud about it. And now no one's as mad anymore. But that previous anger lingers, and it still feels like it's over top of you because it was so loud. It's fine. The they echoes. Nine of the last the echoes 10. reverberate. Yeah, nine of the last ten. They've embarrassed some teams. They should be winning by more in a lot of these in these situations. Yes, but W is a W, man. Do Do you feel confident at this point they win sixty plus games? No, but I don't think I said sixty plus to begin with. No, but I, I just yeah. mean that they're on pace for basically that and had a really bad stretch. I mean, I guess they've counteracted that with a really good stretch recently. But I believe you, you kind I of said think of this team as one that should improve as the year goes on, as they get more comfortable and whatever. I believe I said they were a 56 win team. I feel conf- more confident that they will win more games than that than less. I won't go as far as saying 60 because four I games agree with, is a I big agree jump with that. there. Um, I feel more right, confident they're. F- I'd say I'm like 80 20 on 56 or more wins versus 55 or fewer. Let's hit some some A or Bs. So, uh, Howell Neto minutes or Trey Burke minutes? Uh, we both said Burke and we're both wrong because Howell Neto has played 213 and Burke has played about half of that at 122. And I, I think still that'll... Think we'll be right. I don't know. Burke, they, I, I think even before Burke's, like, what, whatever it was, like, minor injury that he had, they were favoring Neto. Um, and he's played really well, too, I think, Howell Neto. Um, yeah. I, I have a feeling that he's kind of pulled ahead in that regard. Uh, the next one is Thibel starts or Mike Scott starts. Thibel's at two, Scott's at zero. Uh, so I feel pretty confident about uh, Thibel starting more games at this point and us both being right because we both said Thibel. I think it's more positionally than anything else, too. Yeah. And he's just straight up and better than, than Scott has and more impactful mm-hmm. uh, this season. Um Ben Simmons made threes or Joel Embiid 40-point games. Uh, ben Simmons has one made three. He's on pace for four, like we said earlier. Embiid has zero 40-point games. Uh, he had five last year. So we both said Simmons made threes, and we're both right, I guess, because he's made one. But what do you think about that one? Um, at this time last year, Embiid actually had uh, two of his four 40-point games. So I was gonna say like I'm um, yeah I don't know I still think I still think Embiid will have more forty point games I think. Um, well, I'm you said Sim- you I, said I Simmons you're gonna switch it. If I, I'd like to, we're gonna give our our ourselves a chance to make a an, a formal switch, and we'll go over that a little bit closer to the All Star break. But I'm gonna keep my eye on this one as a possible formal switch situation. All right, so we're we're both three and one on that section. So you're sitting at twenty eight and fifteen at this break, mm-hmm. and I'm at twenty six and sixteen. And that's it. The rest yeah. of them are. We'll, we'll, we'll address the other ones at the end of the year because they're kind of season-long things. And then, like Jim said, at the All-Star break, we're going to give ourselves. We haven't decided what the rules will be, but something like two or three uh, uh, mulligan cards that we can turn in to uh, change one of our over/unders the op- opposite way, mm-hmm. uh, given what we know at the break. So. We'll see. I think it's going to come down to the wire. It's pretty close. We have a lot of overlap, but I think enough uh, differentiation that uh, yeah. I think I think we're going to have a, a definitive winner this year. I will say, just to jump in on one of the things we didn't bring up, one of the uh, end-of-year questions is, uh, what's a higher number, uh, Josh Richardson three-point attempts per game or Jonah Bolden's fouls per 36? You went Bolden. 
Jordan Bolden currently averaging zero fouls per 36 minutes because he's played five he's minutes played, yeah. and committed zero fouls. Man. And to be honest with you, that might be all he gets this year. It's That's one of the more... I mean, I don't really care that much. I can't say it's one of the more disappointing things from this year because who gives a shit? But like, man, I thought I thought he was going to be better. I really I really thought he was going to be something. The fact that, that Norvell Pell was playing those minutes the other night really... Really speaks to how little they much must think of Bolden and his ability to contribute at this point. The book I have written of guys I thought would be something is long and varied and in multiple languages. So I feel no shame in adding Jonah Bolden to that list. Also, I'm not entirely sure I ever thought he'd actually be something. But I digress. That's a separate issue. Yeah. Um, Max, I can do a couple more minutes. You want to do like two quick questions? Yeah, let's do, do, you, do you have them uh, lined up for you, or do you Absolutely need to grab them? Absolutely not. All right. Well, I will. Why don't you vamp for like ten seconds, and I'll I'll pull some up. Okay. Um. Uh, I don't know, man. All right, uh, I got it. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Vamped successfully. All right. Uh, Landry Slamet, aka at Bad Name One Two Three Four, asked. Mm-hmm. Bigger surprise this season, the bench actually giving us decent production or Embiid only resting four games and already playing two back-to-backs? Um, I don't... I'd say the bench thing because I expected... I, I wholly expected the rest of the beginning of the season to kind of be tempered a little bit. And um, I kind of expected the rest to be spaced out more uh, fairly throughout the year from everything we heard about Embiid himself saying that when he does a time off, it's very easy for him to get winded and get out of shape very quickly. So I thought it, it's smarter for the team to do their rest more in minutes played versus games played. Uh, and therefore, spreading out the games rested by as much as they possibly could. Uh, and also, yeah, to the bench thing, like the bench has been shit forever. So I expect it to be shit again. And it's been pretty good. A lot to do with Moss's early hot shooting. A lot to do with Ennis just being the Swiss Army knife. And a lot to do with Thibault's defense. Like it's been, it's been great. Yeah, I think if you had told me that Mike Scott would be as uh, meh as he's been so far this year, yeah. I would I would have thought that the bench would be a disaster, and it's actually been better than I thought it would be. So I'd have to I, say that's the bigger surprise. Look, man, I think it'll come around, and, you know, it's well, I'm fine. Not saying, if, it's, not, yeah. it's not about Mike Scott. I'm just saying, like, no, I went no, into no, the year no, no, thinking, no. like, he's the one bench guy you have that I feel, like, okay about, and he's yeah. underperformed, and I would have thought that would have meant our bench is a, a disaster and it's yeah, actually been I fine think, like matisse seibel's yeah. been great he has the best defensive box plus minus on the team playing 15 minutes a game uh o'quinn's been good in the minutes he's played yeah uh neto has been serviceable cork has even done a few things like it's and, and ennis has been great like it's been fine it's been better than I, way better than i thought it would be agreed and I think there's a fine line, too, where I think Scott has uh, been, like, underperforming. I put air quotes up there, or, like, underwhelming, but he hasn't been bad. I think there's a difference there as well. Uh, the Wiz Wit, well, this will be our last question, uh, and we're going to save some questions for a uh, an all-Q&A episode coming up yeah. over the holiday. Uh, be so one of so our holiday you, episodes, yeah. One of our, our famous holiday episodes. So if you asked us a question, yeah. we didn't get to it. We'll definitely get to it then. And definitely send us more questions. If you didn't send us a question, just tweet at us uh, yeah. with something also, for I that think podcast. Generally, generally smart to send us questions that aren't like super time sensitive because, uh, again, like I said, Max is going on a honeymoon for two weeks. So 
we will record that episode and then probably not post it until like a week later. So if you ask us a real like, hey, what do you think about this person's last game? Probably not going to answer it because we'll look like fools more than usual. So this next question, the, the final question of this podcast from the WizWit uh, at the WizWit. I think is a good example of the type of question you should ask for our Q&A pod, which is... Ah, uh, this follow- is good. This is good content, Max. This is smart. Follow up to the Jersey podcast you did. How mm. would you feel about cross-sports alternatives slash city editions? Obviously, it doesn't work well for every city, but uh, there'd be potential in a Sixers jersey in white and red with pinstripes. Uh, I'd add it with pinstripes because I'm assuming that's that's what they would do with Phila across the front and the Phillies font. So basically, like, could... The Warriors have a 49ers themed or a, a, I guess probably like A's themed or maybe even the Giants now that they're in San Francisco themed jersey. Mm -hmm. Could uh, the Pelicans have a Saints themed jersey? Can I tell you, I understand this question fully. I fucking hate it as an idea. (laughs) It's I fucking hate it. Are you sure it's not not because you don't fully understand the question? I understand the question. I just fucking hate it. And you hate it. I hate it. Uh, one thing, firstly, uh, there's copyright issues involved there as well. That's what comes in. Like MLB owns the proprietary logos and marks for every team, so you need like you. Then you're paying MLB baseball to Nike's paying baseball and all this shit. So there's that. Uh, two, I think that's a great idea uh, that minor league baseball already does really well. The Iron Pigs did a Iron Pig kind of uh, 76ers throwback thing. Stuff like that. When you're a professional sports team and say you are the Sixers and you're like, let's make a city edition that like uh, references or honors the Eagles, then you as an organization are admitting they're more important than us and we're going to put on their costume and try to get your attention. And I think this is a really, really bad look for a professional sports franchise. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, um, you know, I think maybe the... I don't even know. I was going to say, like, the one thing it could work for is if you're, like, the Mavericks and you wear, like, Cowboys stuff. Or, like, still, if enough, if still it's just, embarrassing. But it's it, embarrassing. But it's just so clear that the Cowboys are that team. Like, it's. But don't admit that in public by putting it on your shirt. Yeah. It's, I mean, it'd be better than anything right. they currently wear, but I, no. I, you're right. I think it could be cool if it was. I mean, the thing is, Pittsburgh doesn't have a basketball team, but, like, a city like Pittsburgh that has the same color scheme. Um, for multiple teams, I think you could do something cool with that um, or mm. something that's like a take on like um, if the Sixers had some sort of jersey that incorporated the wings in some way, but wasn't green. No. It was like still red, no. white, and blue. I think it's no. probably weird, though. No, hate it. I could see it being cool, but it, I think more more likely it's going to be cringy and weird. Yeah, because it's, it's saying it's like, hey, uh, you know, what's real? Here's our city edition. You know, what's really cool about our city. This other team you could be watching instead of us. It's it's yeah, it's very cringy. I would not I would absolutely hate it. And if like I feel like I again, I think this is a fair question to ask. And I'm sorry if it, I'm I'm not being mean to the question. I'm being mean to the idea of this actually happening in real life. If the Sixers like unveiled a city edition that was supposed to invoke the Eagles, I would be so embarrassed that I would cancel this podcast forever. <laughs> And now maybe Scott O'Neill hears this and was like, guys, we can get rid of this fucking podcast. Let's go. Let's do it. But I would be so embarrassed to be a fan of a team that is like, hey, I know you're like watching us, but like this other team is obviously more important. Let's emulate them. Then I would just I'd have to be out. 
I'd, I'd be out. Yeah, you're you're right. It's it's hard to imagine it not not going down that way. I, the entire league would laugh at you. The yeah, whole league would laugh at the you. Only and it's the fine o- to do that for like uh the uh, like a fashion jersey thing, right? Like you can buy like camo basketball jerseys, like Mitchell Ness or shit like that. Like that's fine for the team to wear it. The entire league would laugh at you. So here's the I I, I thought about something, and I think this is like the only scenario in which it could be kind of cool. Uh, although this is not for an NBA team, it'd be for a hockey team. Uh, be, just because I can't think of a of a situation that's not the NBA, because that's what I think about. But like, imagine if when Seattle gets its hockey team in a couple of years, they did a Sonics oriented throwback that like incorporated that look. That would be pretty cool. Or if the, the so, can, or if the Canucks did like an old Grizzly style with like the the um, trim on it and stuff, that would be cool. But so those teams I don't think, currently exist, so it's different. Yeah, I have seen. And this may be minor league hockey that I'm talking about, but I believe that I have seen like um, hockey teams do that in like a warm up or a practice jersey. So they're skating around the ice before, like just say the Avalanche, for example. And maybe this is a team that hasn't done this, but they're skating around before in like a, a warm up jersey that looks like a Rockies jersey, and that's cool because it's warm up. You don't wear them during the game. That's like a cool way to like say like, hey, you know, we're all in this together. It's our city, blah blah blah. For warm ups or practice, that's fine. If the Sixers. Uh, it's to honor uh, an anniversary of the Eagles of something or whatever, have like their shooting shirts. Um, say like like the giveaway they had a couple years ago, right when they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, the shooting shirt would say brotherly love and it would be in the Eagles color. Fine, but do not wear that as a uniform. Yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. And maybe even it's like a Sunday only shooting shirt that they wear on Eagles game home game days. Or just or like one time. Or one time. One in the time. playoffs or something. Yeah. 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 All right. Think about think about how many sports teams are owned by someone who owns another sports team in the same city and how they don't do that. Right? There's a reason for it. On that note, should we uh should we finish up? Yeah. That's all we got. All I right. hope Max well, cut out the joke I made earlier. Uh but if he forgot. Do you want to, me to cut it out or do you want me to leave it? I think I'd like you to cut it out. Okay. I think it'd be good to cut it out because it fell so flat because you didn't know what I was talking about and then I felt weird for you not knowing what I was talking about. So I think we should cut it out. I'll, I'll cut it out. If Max didn't cut it out, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about though. But if not, I don't care, man. You don't get to know everything. This is our like one episode we've ever edited by cutting something out of it. You're going to have to deal with it. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys later and uh, definitely send us some questions if you have them. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 